0: welcome to episode 23 of glitch report my name is nitwit thank you so much for stopping by saying hi kicking it with me today on the stream the stream of dreams the show of shows and all of that very good stuff if you are hanging out in the twitch chat live as we record this thank you for hanging out if you're watching this on the youtube version the, i guess the video version uh which is up on my youtube channel Thank you for hanging out, watching this on YouTube. And if you are listening to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast, thank you so much for all your love, all your support. 23 episodes in here's to, I don't know, at least a, a couple more. We'll do a couple more of these before I, uh, before I call it quits. Uh, but until then jokes aside, I'm never quitting. Uh, until then we have so much news to talk about. We are, uh, get ready for the Game Awards. The Game Awards are happening actually uh, tonight as of this recording. So uh, for those hanging out in the chat, great. You can uh, watch the Game Awards uh, if that's your thing. Uh, if it's not your thing, well, I have news for you. Uh, we're going to cover all the awards next week because, like I said, the show is not actually happening until about 5 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time on Thursday. This show comes out Friday. Uh, so what are you going to do? So we're going to talk a little bit of Game Awards, uh, you know, where we'll save everything for the rest of the big meaty stuff for next week. Um, we also have some big uh, Microsoft news as it relates to the pricing around some of their games, uh, Call of Duty, uh, some CD project news as it relates to uh, Cyberpunk, as it relates to The Witcher. Um, we also have a follow up of that uh, Smash Brothers eSports tournament that was canceled. We have a follow-up news story in regards to that. Then we have a couple of uh, gaming news, uh, sorry, gaming uh, uh, release date uh, talks as relates to uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is the follow-up to that other Star Wars Jedi game. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I think they called it. Uh, Street Fighter VI and Diablo IV. But first, I want to talk uh, a little bit of the Game Awards. So, you know, it the Game Awards is a weird thing because it is an award show that might c- cater to a, a younger crowd than other award shows, right? When we think about award shows, we, we typically think, I don't know, the Oscars. The Oscars is probably the biggest uh, award show. The Oscars, of course, for movies. Um, and then I feel like in terms of importance and relevancy, um, which is a low bar, uh, considering where the Oscars have been over the last couple of years. Um, we have the Oscars. And then a steep decline in relevancy. It's like, it's just, they fall off a cliff in terms of relevancy. And then I guess probably the second most relevant award show would be the Grammys, right? In terms of, in terms of music and and, and art and all that stuff. And, you know, there's, you know, we have the Tonys, if you're a fan of theater and and, and all that stuff. Um, we have the country music awards, uh, for those that like to drive pickup trucks and, and write songs about beer. Um, but let's be honest here for a moment that like these award shows are, they're, they're not as relevant as they used to be one. Um, and I'm going to get to maybe why that is in just a moment, but really these award shows now feel like it is more of an excuse for. People of that industry to get together, have a party, have a few laughs, have a few drinks, kind of pat each other on the back, schmooze and and that sort of thing. And um, you can see that a little more clearly on some award shows like the Golden Globes, Um, like the Golden Globes kind of cover both movie and TV. And, you know, that that is a you know, if you want to see, you know, the stars of Hollywood getting a little drunk. Um, at an award show, um, you know, something like the golden globes is, uh, a, uh, a great place to do that. If that is your sort of thing, um, with the game awards though, you know, video games are a much younger industry, right? So it, it makes sense that it might cater to a younger crowd. One of the things that the game awards does differently than other award shows. Um, if, if and again, I'm kind of talking about the game awards as if it's the closest thing to the Oscars that video games have. Whether you agree or disagree or not, that's totally fine. Um but let's not, you know, argue the, how big the game awards is to other game awards, right? You know, the Baftas, Golden Joysticks, that sort of stuff. They don't come close to being as, you know, popular as the Game Awards. Here's the thing about the Game Awards is the Game Awards like do like new game reveals, right? Like you were watching the Game Awards and it's like, OK, and best art direction goes to Assassin's Creed Valhalla for really nice looking Vikings or whatever. Right. And follow that up. We have the latest uh, Ubisoft game announcement. Uh, you know, let's take a look. Right. So there's stuff like that where they have. Contests. That are, you know, running live during the show. I mean, this year Steam is giving away a Steam Deck for every minute that the show goes on for. Um, And you get new game awards. uh, Sorry, new game uh, announcements. You get game trailers, game reveals. You get all this stuff, right? Stuff that you don't see in something like the Oscars. Could you imagine if you're sitting there watching the Oscars? And it's like, and... uh, uh, best actress goes to uh so and so and you can see her in the latest Marvel Avengers movie let's take a look like that'd be fucking crazy right uh but again it's it's so the Oscars are so focused on you know patting the uh you know the industry on the back whereas the game awards is is trying pretty hard I would say to try to entertain the masses and keep the masses engaged. Um, And it's almost like the awards come secondary. And that's kind of my big thing is I don't think the game awards are that relevant to how I look at games, how I feel about games and how I would criticize and judge games. Right. Um, Very rarely am I going to reconsider looking at a game or buying a game or playing a game uh because it won or didn't win an award at the game awards right you know some people are like oh well this movie won an oscar I should probably go see it right and it's like yeah like it might be it might be a good movie but who can say with the game awards it's like okay well if elden ring wins game award the 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 game of the year award this year is that going to really change how i feel about it eh, probably not is that going to make people who didn't play that game reconsider going and playing it Eh, probably not right because it's already a super popular game and some might argue that the game awards is more of a popularity contest than it is an actual objective look at or subjective regardless of how you feel about game criticism Um, it is just not that type of look at games It, it definitely comes across more as a popularity contest now the game awards are um, voted on by like industry journalists and panelists and that sort of thing. They do have a uh, fan, uh, voting if, if that's your sort of thing. But, you know, to me, I, a, I don't really care in voting for any of this stuff. Um, maybe I'd feel differently if I was an industry, you know, specialist or something that, you know, a mover and shaker in the industry. But to me, it's just like, ah, oh, I don't fucking care. Like, I don't know the most popular game is going to win. So Elden Ring and Call of Duty are going to win all the awards or. Whatever. Uh, The point is, is that I don't take uh, the game awards super seriously. To me, I actually come to it more interested to see the news, to see the previews, to see the uh, reveals. Uh, And to me, the awards are definitely uh, secondary. Um, Let's get into news. Let's talk about a game that definitely didn't win any Game of uh, the Year awards. Days Gone. Days Gone, which came out in 2019. Is in the news and you might be thinking, Nitwit, what the hell Or did you step into a time machine? Why are you talking about days gone? Well, days gone came out in 2019 to, uh, middling reviews and the game director and writer of days gone, uh, John Garvin has, uh, taken it to a lot of fans and the media at large for the response to days gone. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I love nothing more than when game developers put their foot in their mouth in terms of criticizing the reception that their games received. This is coming out of Video Games Chronicles. Uh, As always, shout out to Video Games Chronicles for being one of the best gaming news sites in the world, as far as I'm concerned. The director and writer of Days Gone has blamed the game's middling critical reception On technical issues and, quote, woke reviewers who who he claims, quote, couldn't be bothered, quote, to play the game. Uh, John Garvin tweeted this theory in response to a fan asking why he thought the post apocalyptic PS4 biker game didn't get more praise when it was first released in 2019. Now, just remember that Days Gone also saw a PC release, uh, I think earlier this year. Early last year, I forget. It doesn't matter. Days Gone doesn't matter. I'm going to, you know, maybe be a little biased up front. Days Gone, no, days gone doesn't matter. I would, no, I would never get this mad about uh, such a middling video game. Uh, but I guess John Garvin feels invested in it. So let's keep reading. Garvin tweeted uh, three reasons. One, it had tech issues like bugs, streaming and frame rate. It did. Two, it had reviews who it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. And three, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. I mean, if if, if we're talking ass, let's talk the entire game. Days Gone is not great. Now... A lot of the technical issues, uh, performance issues, frame rate, that sort of stuff. A lot of that stuff was definitely uh, improved upon in the PC release. So if you're looking for the best version of Days Gone, uh, you should probably go play it on PC. Um, But you should not trust anyone who uses the word woke unironically. Like, that is the nitwit lesson of the day, is do not... I repeat, do not trust people who use the word woke unironically, who use it with such passion because they are completely missing the point. Let's keep reading. Woke is from Video Games Chronicles writing this part. Woke is a term that originally referred to those aware of social injustices such as racism, sexism, and all other forms of discrimination. In recent times, however, it's been adopted as a catch-all term by right-leaning people to refer to those who favor progressive political ideas. Days Gone currently has a score of 71 on Review Aggregator Metacritic. Numerous, similar PS4 console exclusive scored somewhat higher such as Ghost of Tsushima earning 83 and Sony Santa Monica's God of War reboot receiving 94. Garvin's latest claims have sparked backlash from both members of the game media and fans of the series who responded to his tweets negatively. Um, I'm not going to read the tweets, but I do want to bring up this point because this guy does not have a fucking clue what he's talking about. Um, Others pointed out that Red Dead Redemption 2, which contains numerous instances of racism, sexism, and other scenarios that those accused of being woke would presumably object to, was released just six months earlier and was critically acclaimed with a Metacritic score of 97. That's 97 out of 100, by the way. Something that Days Gone knows nothing about. Why? Because Days Gone isn't a very good game. You could have made uh, if we're talking woke, let's let's talk woke in the in the unironic sense for a moment. You could have made Days Gone a a fucking person of color. You could have made them like any sexual orientation or, you know, any type of sexuality that wasn't straight. So you could have had, you know, some type of some type of heathen. As your uh, protagonist in Days Gone. And it still would have been a boring, mediocre, generic, zombie open world game. Where I guess you get to drive a motorcycle around in the open world. Like, Days Gone is not all that. Like, this motherfucker, John Garvin. Like, does he think Days Gone is fucking gone with the wind? Like, no, there was never a scenario... No matter what characters you had in that game, no matter what themes you threw at it in terms of in terms of storytelling, the part where you're running around this post-apocalyptic with a motorcycle looking for shit, fighting zombies, it's just not that great. Yeah, the frame rate on the PlayStation 4 version is not that great. The technical versions are a mess. But even if you made that game a technically competent game, it is still not very good. And that is the part that he is completely missing. The other thing is that this game was delayed uh, significantly uh, by Sony, and it definitely seemed like as we were getting close to that release date that Sony didn't have much faith in the title. Um, there wasn't a lot of marketing. It definitely felt like the game was being sent off to die and it plays like, you know, last week we were talking about need for speed, unbound need for speed. Unbound did not receive a lot of marketing and it did not come out. Uh, it it did not come out with a huge amount of fanfare, hyper excitement, right? You know, reviews are hitting a little later for that game than, than you might typically receive because a lot of reviewers will get the game early, uh, you know, prior to release or in some cases. You'll see a lot of marketing, a lot of ads, um, and that just wasn't the case. And that definitely wasn't the case with Days Gone. And can you blame Sony when you have middling reviews and little to no marketing? Like, of course the game is being sent out to die. Of course the game is going to, you know, not sell very well. And I just don't understand where Garvin has the nerve to to criticize uh, the left. First of all, the left. It's just so just... Oh, my God. Like, quit putting fucking politics in games, dude. Like. Again, we can look at a lot of uh, games that are quote unquote, not woke. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. I would not call Grand Theft Auto a very woke game in any way, shape or form. Okay. first of all, spoilers for Grand Theft Auto five, that torture scene where you get to choose the methods in which you torture another human being not particularly woke. Call of Duty, not particularly woke, woke, uh, woke crimes, war crimes are not particularly woke. The military industrial complex, the war machine is not particularly woke, but guess what? Those games are way popular and sold way more copies and received much higher reviews than something like Days Gone. The nerve of this man, the nerve, um, he also has some really shitty things to say about buying games on sale. Also, don't go buy Days Gone because it's on the PlayStation Plus collection anyway. So don't don't buy Days. If you're like, hmm, I wonder what Days Gone's all about. Like, don't buy it because it's on PlayStation Plus for the love of God. When asked if he'd heard anything about any meaningful uptick of engagement with Days Gone since the game was added to the PlayStation Plus collection on PS5, Garvin replied, I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest, and it might piss some of them off. He goes on to say, If you love a game, buy it at fucking full price. That's in quotes. If you love a game, buy it at fucking full price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, Yeah, I got that on sale. I got it through PS Plus or whatever. But how do you know you love a game until you played it? Jaffe, uh, this was David Jaffe, Jaffe a former uh, PlayStation developer, was interviewing uh, John Garvin, uh, who said, buy, if you love a game, buy it at full price, right? Which is fucking stupid, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But J- David Jaffe at least has the, the the smarts to say, well, how do you know you like a game until you've you know played it? And Garvin said, I'm just saying you don't, but don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch. No one is out here. No reasonable human being is out here being sad that Days Gone is not getting a sequel. Nobody. You should be lucky Days Gone even made it out the door, considering how mediocre that game is, okay? Sony is all about the biggest of the big AAA A." prestige story focused games. All right. They, if, if anyone is trying to like make games that appeal to the game of the year crowd, the game awards fans, those who like fuck with the Oscars, it is Sony. Like Sony is tugging at the heartstrings with, you know, the last of us They're you know, they're trying to tell this father son story with God of War, and they're making really technical, really, you know, uh, technically competent uh, games that are, are all about, you know, just these the stories and, and being sad or, or whatever the fuck their games are about these days. Um, and it's working for them. You know what didn't work? Days Gone. I hate to shit on Days Gone at the start of this podcast, but Jesus Christ, it is not Days Gone with the Wind, okay? It is not. Do not get it fooled. Um... Uh, so, and, and he says, you know, don't be sad if a game doesn't get a a sequel. Well, first of all, you should not pay full price for days gone. And if they don't get to make a sequel tough, he also says it's like God of war got whatever number millions of sales at launch. And you know, days gone, didn't, I'm just speaking for me personally as a developer. I don't work for Sony and I don't know what the numbers are. So I, I guess he doesn't, he's no longer with Sony. So clearly, he's bitter that this Sony published game, Days Gone, did not receive as many review, uh, you know, receive the same review scores or get the same sales numbers as another Sony published game like God of War. Um, John, my advice to you is make a better game next time. M- make a, a make a better game. I think your head is so far up your ass that you're never gonna learn. What's he working on now? Oh, Garvin is now leading Ashfall. Which is described as the first web 3.0 AAA title for PC consoles and the Hedera network, which uses native energy efficient cryptocurrency. Okay, well, I'm gonna tell you right now. Cryptocurrency is like fucking deader than Elvis. Like cryptocurrency, web 3.0, like the blockchain, like all this cryptocurrency shit is done. It is dead. And We didn't need it to make good games before. Why do you think you need it now to make a good game when clearly you can't even demonstrate that you can make a good game without the use of any of that bullshit. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. That news story, just the stupidest fucking thing I have read in quite some time. Let's move on to, uh, talking about, uh, some Microsoft news. Um, as you know, Uh, Earlier this year, Sony increased the price on uh, their console, the PlayStation 5. And we've seen games at $70 US uh, for PlayStation for quite some time Uh, in Canada, $90. And uh, Microsoft has announced that they will increase the price of their games uh, starting in 2023. So they're going up to $70 US. $90 Canadian in 2023. This will include games like Forza Motorsport, Redfall and Starfield. So, you know, games are getting more expensive, right? More expensive to make, um, more expensive to buy. But the secret sauce in all of this, the secret sauce in all of this is that, you know, Microsoft has Game Pass. So when... Forza Motorsport comes out, Redfall, Starfield comes out. Yeah, you could go and give them $70. Or you could subscribe to Game Pass and give them, I don't know, whatever, the, whatever game, cap, game, you know, game Pass costs, right? Game Pass is like, I don't know, 12 bucks a month or something. 12 bucks a month is way cheaper than buying, you know, the next Forza game. And that's the way Microsoft rolls, right? Day one you go buy you know Forza or day 1 you go download Forza at no additional cost as part of Game Pass. So for those that buy games, you know, it, it, you know, it's going to continue to be more expensive for those that buy, you know, Microsoft games, of course it's going to continue to be more expensive. But um I don't see it as as big of a deal um with with Microsoft games because Game Pass. I also don't think it's that big of a deal with Sony, and the reason why is because Sony is so focused on making sure that every game that they make is like top to bottom a prestigious, uh, well regarded, like lovingly crafted video game. Like, people love God of War Ragnarok, people love Ghost of Tsushima people love the last of us part 2 people love uncharted right and sony has earned a lot of goodwill by producing banger after banger after banger of a game with the exception of days gone and it has earned a lot of trust from people so when sony turns around and says you know what last of us part 3 you know 70 bucks 90 bucks canadian give us uh, give us your money people will either say Great, I'll do it. Or they might say, I'll wait for a sale. And which John Garvin would say, well, if you wait for a sale, they might not make a sequel. Like, man, such a stupid thing. But we're not talking about that story anymore. So Sony has earned a lot of goodwill by producing high quality games that justify their cost. um, Their full price cost. And Microsoft is instead focusing on, well, don't worry about giving us money. You don't have to give us money. You just have to give us game, give us, you know, a month or, or two a game pass. And I think it'll work out, you know, Nintendo, another company that when they put out a Pokemon game, when they put out a Mario game, like it is full priced and it rarely goes on sale, rarely goes on sale, even in comparison to Microsoft and Sony games. So we're at a point now where each uh, each developer, each uh, hardware manufacturer clearly has a niche that they are trying to fill. Uh, as it relates, uh, as it relates to the release of their games and the pricing around their games. And, uh, I don't think it's a bad deal either way. I think game pass is tremendous. I think game pass is a system seller, a console seller, especially for people who are trying to game on a budget. Sony, on the other hand, is going to give you, if you give, if you invest in that PlayStation, And go buy God of War Ragnarok at full price. Sony has done a pretty good job of saying, you're going to have a great time. You're going to love our games, um, and you're going to think that they were worth uh, the price of admission. Um, Other third party games, you know, like they talked about how uh, NBA 2K 21 was the first uh, PS5 and Xbox Series S and X game to be priced at $70. Other companies followed, like Activision, Sony, EA, Square Enix. Um And some people even increase the price of their PC games. Now, PC games uh, can sometimes be $10 cheaper um, because they're not paying a licensing fee. Um, when you see uh, an Activision game for PlayStation, Sony is taking a 30% cut of that sale just for it being on PlayStation. So, Call of Duty. Every sale, every you know, uh, every copy sold of Call of Duty, Sony takes thirty percent. Whether you buy it on PlayStation or uh, uh, like the PlayStation Store, or if you go to Walmart and go buy a disc or whatever, so Sony takes a little taste right off the top. And as such, um, when people put out companies put out games on PC, sometimes they're ten dollars cheaper because they're not may not be paying that licensing fee um, to the same extent that they would on consoles. Uh, September. Uh, uh, in September, uh, Assassin's Creed, a publisher, Ubisoft said $70 would be the norm for its major releases going forward. But, uh, now Microsoft is joining, uh, that, you know, trend and, uh, that's kind of it. I mean, everybody's now in, right? Like all games are now $10 more, whether you want them to be or not. Um, there's been a whole lot of news surrounding Xbox and call of duty and Nintendo, as relates to the Activision acquisition, which we talked a lot about last week, but I've talked about for, for some time now. Um, let, me t- let, me, let me tell you about this. Xbox commits to bringing Call of Duty to Nintendo for 10 years if it acquires Activision Blizzard. We have not seen a uh, Call of Duty game on Nintendo in some time. I'm actually going to go ahead and look this up. I should have done this beforehand, but uh, what are you going to do? When was the last time we saw a, okay, 2012, we saw a, uh, a Call of Duty game. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 came out on the Nintendo Wii U in 2012. It has been 10 years since we saw a Call of Duty game on Nintendo platforms. And uh, that was, again, like I said, that was uh, Black Ops 2. So, you know, Nintendo has been focusing on other stuff, right? Nintendo doesn't have the most powerful hardware uh, or console, you know, uh, specs around uh, for demanding games like Call of Duty. So it makes total sense, right? Like it's going to take a lot of additional work to make Call of Duty run well on a Nintendo Switch. I mean, shit, some of Nintendo's games can't even run well on a Nintendo Switch because we talked about, you know, Play- uh not PlayStation, uh, Pokemon uh, Scarlet and uh, Violet last week. So some of Nintendo's games can't even run on the Switch. How do you expect games like Call of Duty to run on the Switch? Um, But it's not just about the current Switch. It's also about the next Switch and maybe the Switch after that or whatever, uh, you know, Microsoft is cooking up as it relates to Call of Duty and whatever Nintendo has going on as it relates to their next console following the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Phil Spencer also commented uh, on keeping the series on Steam for the next decade. Now, of course, Steam is probably the most popular Uh, digital storefront for PC games. Makes a lot of sense to have it there because, you know, it is the most popular thing out there by a a huge margin. The Xbox boss, uh, Phil Spencer, uh, took to Twitter to make the claim saying Microsoft has entered into a 10-year commitment to bringing Call of Duty to Nintendo following the merger of Activision Blizzard King. He added... Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people, however they choose to play. Spencer then followed this up with a second tweet, making a similar commitment to PC players. I am pleased to confirm that Microsoft has committed to continue to offer Call of Duty on Steam simultaneously to Xbox after we have closed the merger with Activision Blizzard King. And, of course, they talk about how, um, um, wait. They did a, wait, I might have this call of duty, uh, backwards. Hold on. Did they do a, uh, oh shit. I'm so wrong. I'm so wrong. Uh, call of duty, uh, black ops two in 2012 call of duty ghosts. One of the most forgettable call of duty titles ever. Call of duty ghosts was also released on the Wii U. Uh, That was in 2013, so it's been almost 10 years uh, since we have seen a uh, Call of Duty game on uh, uh, a Nintendo console. My bad. Uh, Spencer did not state in which year he expected the Microsoft-published Call of Duty to appear on a Nintendo platform. Spencer also spoke to the Washington Post about the commitment and and was asked about the potential time frame for Call of Duty to return to Nintendo. Referring to the June 23 date of the merger... Uh, the date the merger is supposed to close, uh, assuming it isn't blocked by regulators. Uh, Spencer replied, you can imagine if the deal closed on that date, starting to do development work to make that happen would likely take a little bit more time. One, we still don't know when Nintendo's next console is coming out. So, you know, for all we know, the next Call of Duty game to appear on a Nintendo platform might be a Switch 2 uh, launch game. You know, we don't know. Once we get into the rhythm of this, our plan would be that when a Call of Duty game launches on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, it would also appear on Nintendo games at the same time. When asked that the Switch would be able to handle Call of Duty, Spencer cited Microsoft's multi-platform title Minecraft as an example of how such generation-spanning projects could work. Uh, we would do this with Minecraft as well, where we would do a specific work to make the game run well in Nintendo Switch and their Silicon and support their platform completely. We do the same when we ship on PlayStation 5. Now, obviously, Minecraft and Call of Duty are different games, but from how you get games onto Nintendo, how you run a development team that is targeting multiple platforms, that's experience we have. I mean, Microsoft owns Minecraft and Minecraft's on everything. Minecraft is not nearly the, the, the resource hog that something like Call of Duty is in terms of spec requirements. Um, but I could see them. I mean, listen, Microsoft could throw a lot of money at the, this Nintendo development team in order to make it work. Um, so now we have a 10-year commitment to PC through Steam. We have a 10-year commitment to Nintendo platforms. And we have a 10-year commitment to Sony PlayStation. I don't know what PlayStation is going to do in terms of combating this uh, this type of promise. Uh, Microsoft, there's a good chance that Microsoft's going to come through with this promise uh, and deliver. So if I'm Sony right now, I don't know if there's much else that I can say or do to convince regulators that this is bad for gaming. Ten years is a long time. Call of Duty may not even be Call of Duty in ten years. We've, We've talked about this before. But even if they put Call of Duty on Game Pass, it is still available to purchase damn near everywhere else that you play video games. Like if you play games on Nintendo, you could just go buy it there. So I don't know what Sony's going to do. I don't know how Sony's going to spin this. I wish Sony the best, but uh, this definitely seems like a major blow to Sony's argument that uh Xbox uh buying Microsoft or sorry uh, sorry um you know Microsoft buying Activision and Call of Duty is somehow bad for gaming uh Vampire Survivors one of the best games of 2022 is getting its first DLC which will add a new stage characters and weapons uh the DLC is titled Legacy of the Moon spell it's going to cost a whopping two dollars And launches on December 15th. If you have not played Vampire Survivors, I know it's not available everywhere. It's only out on Xbox and PC. But man, that is one of my favorite games of this year. What a pleasant surprise. What a fabulous game. Um, You are going to get uh, a whole bunch of goodies as part of this It is going to include eight extra characters, 13 new weapons, six music tracks, and the game's biggest stage yet. That's pretty exciting. I have not even unlocked everything um, that uh, it has to offer, but uh, I will, I'll probably get, I mean, I have, I have $2. I could just not buy coffee for a day and then have $2 to um, spend on. You know, Vampire Survivors, very exciting. Vampire Survivors, one of the best surprises of this year. And I'm looking forward to this DLC. The standalone Cyberpunk multiplayer game was axed because of Cyberpunk 2077's botched release. It was previously planned to be CD Projekt's next major release. As you know, Cyberpunk, a hot mess. Isn't much better after, you know, updates and patches, at least as far as I'm concerned. Some people might disagree. Shit, some people probably think that it was good back when it came out. More power to you if you enjoy Cyberpunk. Uh, no kink shaming on this podcast, unless your kink is days gone. Um, CG Project has provided a few new details on the decision to scrap a standalone Cyberpunk multiplayer game. The company previously planned to release a triple A Cyberpunk multiplayer game following Cyberpunk's 2077's uh Cyberpunk 2077's release, but those plans changed after Cyberpunk 2077's troubled launch. Philip Weber, who was a senior quest designer and coordinator on that game, told Eurogamer, after three delays, Cyberpunk 27 arrived for consoles and PC with a host of technical problems, resulting in refunds being offered and it being pulled. From the PlayStation Store. Remember when Cyberpunk was such a hot mess that PlayStation was like, fuck this, we're not selling it. We're not gonna sell it on PSN anymore because of this horse shit. We don't wanna give out refunds. Again, because they take a 30% cut. We really needed to look at what were the priorities of Cyberpunk after it launched, said Weber. The priority was that the main experience will run for people in a really good state and essentially the switch of priorities meant that other R and D projects had to go away with cyberpunk. We wanted to do many things at the same time and we just needed to really focus and say, okay, what's the important part? Yeah, we will make that part really good. I wonder which part they're talking about because I haven't seen it. CD project president and CEO Adam, uh, I my bad. Confirmed in March 2021 that the company had canceled plans for a standalone cyberpunk multiplayer game. So now we're learning why. Uh that is. Previously we hinted at our next triple A, uh, that our next triple A game would be a multiplayer cyberpunk game, but we've decided to reconsider this now. Things have turned around for Cyberpunk to some extent. Um You know, CD Projekt is reportedly planning to release a game of the year edition in 2023. Whose game of the year Cyberpunk was? I don't know. I don't know these people. I can't imagine anyone who played Cyberpunk when it originally came out was like, that was the best thing I played all of that year. Um, It will also arrive shortly after Cyberpunk 2077's first and only expansion, Phantom Liberty. So they are going to put an expansion for Cyberpunk. They are going to charge for Phantom Liberty. Or if you've never played or bought Cyberpunk, you can go buy that Game of the Year edition. We'll also include the game and all the updates that it's received and Phantom Liberty in one package uh, if you so desire. But that's not the only uh, Cyberpunk news uh, or CD Projekt news uh, going around. Um, CD Projekt is shutting down The Witcher Monster Slayer. Uh, It is also winding down support for Gwent, The Witcher card game. Um, Plans to end support for the game were confirmed today after the company said in October that it would be focusing on its core business of PC and console development with mobile projects set to be carried out in collaboration with external studios. Released in July 2021, The Witcher Monster Monster Slayer is a a free-to-play RPG for iOS and Android devices. Development of the augmented reality, a location based game has now been discontinued. So if you ever played Pokemon Go, it was pretty much Pokemon Go, but you were fighting monsters uh, in the Witcher universe at your local Starbucks or the train station or whatever. Uh, Gwent uh, was the uh, card game uh, that was based on the. So there's a, it, if you go play the Witcher three, there's a card game that you can play in the game called Gwent. Okay, you can walk up to players or walk up to characters throughout the game and uh, sit down and and play a game of cards. If you're too bored, you know, questing and running around, cutting up monsters or talking to people, you can always sit down for a nice, relaxing game of Gwent. Gwent became very popular in the Witcher game, The Witcher 3, so CD Projekt decided to make it its own standalone game. And that is also uh, no longer being developed. So it definitely seems like, you know, CD Projekt spread itself a little too thin as it relates to these uh, Witcher spinoff projects and these uh, Cyberpunk spinoff projects. And now they're just really focusing on their core business. And I think that's a good idea because the last game that they put out was not very good. So instead of trying to make a bunch of games that are very niche, like a Cyberpunk multiplayer game, Like a witcher card game. How about making sure that the next cyberpunk game is good? How about making sure that that, uh, that witcher, um, uh, next generation update, which is, uh, which is out next week, uh, is good. Like that's, that's my thing is you should make better games, not more games. If it takes, you know, three to four years for the next witcher game to come out or that witcher, uh, one remake to come out fine. As long as it's good, who cares? Who the fuck cares if, you know, there's some Gwent game to hold you over until then? It clearly wasn't that popular. Otherwise, they wouldn't have shut it down. Same thing with uh, the Monster Hunter or the sort of the Monster Slayer game. So how about instead just make a good game and we'll worry about the rest after a good game comes out. If you guys remember uh, the... Uh Smash Brothers Esports Tournament Shenanigans we have a follow up story uh Panda CEO removed after mass roster walkout following Smash Bros Esports allegations So last week, Fan tournament Smash World Tour claimed that Nintendo had shut down its annual championships at the last minute while also accusing Panda Global CEO Dr. Alan Bunny of trying to sabotage its events. It's alleged that Bunny, whose Panda Global was running its own official Nintendo-licensed Smash Bros. events, was telling tournament organizers last year that Smash World Tour was shutting down in an attempt to dissuade them from booking its shows as a result of the allegations 10 of the 17 esports personalities listed as a result of the allegations 10 of the 17 esports personalities listed on Panda's website as part of its roster have since quit leading to a Panda statement today confirming that Bunny is no longer CEO Panda has heard the concerns of the Smash community and is taking immediate action. Its statement reads, Alan is no longer CEO effective immediately. According to the statement, Panda has set up a temporary interim management committee, which will help release anyone who wishes to resign from their contractual obligations. We call on the community to treat those affected by those events with uh, by these events with grace, understanding and call out and report any attempts of doxing or harassment. Uh, The statement reads. Who is going to harass these people? These people are now out like the the, the panda people are now are leaving panda because they turned out it's a corrupt, fucked up organization. So now they're screwed like nobody, no reasonable human being should be harassing the ex panda roster team members uh, because they're deciding to quit. They're quitting a shitty organization. And if the organization hadn't been so shitty in the first place, they wouldn't have quit. So if you're going around Twitter doxing, harassing these people, man, you are a special type of stupid. Additionally, due to the security concerns for our staff and contract and contractors, the Panda Cup, uh, sorry, the Panda Cup finale is postponed. So they got caught red-handed, man. Like this to me is like, yeah, Panda fucked around and ruined the smash world tour and got caught man like when i said that this was like some wcw versus wwf type shit or even going back further to like the wrestling territory days i was not joking uh i just didn't realize i would be so correct in that uh uh in that opinion um, a statement posted last week by the organizers of smash world tour claimed we quickly found that many organizations were concerned about joining up in 2022. They told us they had been told by Allen, the CEO and co-founder of Panda, that we were going to shut down and were not coming back in 2022. According to the statement, Nintendo reassured smash world tour that Panda's license was not exclusive and that it would speak to the Panda CEO about his alleged behavior. Instead, however, Smash World Tour claims it was eventually told by Nintendo that it would not be given a license to host Smash Brothers events in 2023 and had to cancel its annual championships set to take place on December 9th to uh, uh, December 11th with a prize pool of $250,000. Panda initially responded with a statement saying that while it did regret an interaction between Dr. Allen and Esports Channel Beyond the Summit, it was adamant that any implications that the Panda Cup team had any influence on the closure of Smash World Tour is false. I don't believe that for a second. Otherwise, this guy would not be ousted as CEO. Following the publication of Smash World Tour's allegations and Panda's initial response, a number of Smash Bros. competitors who were signed to Panda announced that they were leaving. Of the five Smash Brother roster players listed uh, on Panda's website, three have now quit. Um, and then it's a bunch of quotes from people uh, saying that I'm leaving Panda, fuck Panda, all that stuff. Yeah, fuck Panda. Like, this is esports, man. Like, come on. No one has an exclusivity to any of these games. Like, what do you think this is? Man. Oh, my goodness. We have a couple of uh, quick uh, fire uh, game date releases. I'm going to load these up right here. Um, Jedi, uh, you know, the the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order uh, has a title and it has a release or, or leaked release date. We'll see if it comes out. On that date, Star Wars Jedi Survivor will be released in March 2023, according to Steam. Uh, New details, pre-order bonuses, and special edition leaked ahead of the Game Awards reveal. So, we're covering news that is probably going to be shown at the Game Awards, but the Game Awards, uh, their news stories, their big reveals, their big announcements... Seemed to be leaking ahead of time. And one of those leaks being that uh, the Steam page uh, has listed uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor uh, with a March 15th and 16th release date. So mid-March is when we can uh, expect Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, This, of course, was supposed to be a uh, reveal at the Game Awards. Uh, Street Fighter 6's release date has reportedly been leaked on the PlayStation store. Deluxe and Ultimate Editions also look to be announced. Um, let's take a look here. Oh, right. So this is, again, these are all, like, again, uh, Street Fighter 6 supposedly is going to be shown at the Game Awards. Um, the, uh, official, uh, Street Fighter 6, uh, release window was 2023. Um, It now suggests that the fighting game won't be released before March 31st, 2023. So look out for, uh, you know, it's sometime in the summer, I'm guessing late spring, early summer for uh, street fighter six. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's an okay release window if if that's what they're going for. And then of course, Diablo fours release date has seemingly appeared online. Uh, according to, uh, there is a oh boy what is this? Uh this is according to Twitter user Agrio uh Namanti Lumia Jesus Christ. I thought Nitwit was complicated. Who has a proven track record of scraping the Okay so this this came out of the Xbox and Windows Store. So someone was looking through the Xbox and Windows Store database uh back end and uncovered a uh release date for uh, Diablo 4. Um, This user says that the game is set for release on June 5th at 11 p.m. Uh, Which, I mean, time zones are weird, so sometime around June 5th to June 6th. And, uh, yeah, again, I think that's a perfectly reasonable release date. I have no reason to not believe it. I also fully expect that Diablo 4 will be shown at the Game Awards anyway. So, um How's that for news? We've got a bunch of games are coming out. How about that? Like this year, I feel like we really didn't see a lot of big games uh, being released uh, to the same degree that we will in 2023. Uh, We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some of the games that I've been playing. What you can expect uh, from the show next week. So stick around. We will be right back. Welcome back to Glitch Report. My name is Nitwit. You can find everything that I do over at my Linktree, linktree.com, slash G-N-I-T-T-W-I-T-T, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, links to this very podcast to share with your friends and family, and all of that very good stuff. Um, I've been playing some games, as I do. I've been playing, uh, well, here's the thing. I have really gotten back into Destiny 2. I mean, you could argue that I have never stopped playing Destiny 2. Uh but with the release of Season 19, Season of the Seraph, um I am back at it like a bad habit with Destiny 2 um pretty strongly. Um Destiny 2, of course, uh saw the release of the Witch Queen expansion earlier this year, which I uh which I've really enjoyed um but you know every year they do uh a season uh sorry they, every year they do an expansion a paid expansion and then they do four seasons those four seasons uh usually um contain a couple of different changes um you know a couple of different gameplay additions um some that is locked to people who uh are only playing the free version of the game and then those that buy uh the season pass the season pass is like uh, 10 bucks or 12 bucks or something um, and the season typically lasts about, I don't know, like 90 days or something. So this is the last season before Lightfall comes out in February. And this season seems to be all focused around uh, the war Um So they have this ancient robot that they're trying to rebuild. Um, to listen, I am not a Destiny story expert or anything like that. But basically, it seems like. Uh, we're trying to take the war mind and, um, basically rebuild him and, uh, seek his knowledge of the ancient technology to fight aliens and, and monsters and all the stuff that you typically do, uh, in destiny too. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. A lot of the, um, new events focus around heists. So we're kind of breaking into these crazy technology bases, uh, and stealing a bunch of you know ancient information, um, as part of it, uh, a bunch of um, you know cosmetics also came out as part of that. So if you are a fan of Assassin's Creed, you can now buy Assassin's Creed uh, looking armor for your Destiny Two characters. I play as a Titan, and I was really disappointed in how the Titan armor looked. I know that sounds silly because it's a cosmetic, and I shouldn't buy it. And I didn't buy it, but I was really disappointed. Um, To me, I am more of a fan of the classic Assassin's Creed looks. I think the newer games are good. I think, you know, like Origins and and all this stuff are are, are really cool games. But in terms of character design and look, I am definitely more of an Ezio guy, an Altair guy um, in that regard. I like the hooded kind of robes. Uh, and, and, and the hooded figures and that sort of stuff that you see. Um, like to me, there's no, like, there's no more striking of a character design than like Ezio, uh, or, or Altair in, um, in those games. But I think, I think a lot of that is because that was my first introduction to, uh, the Assassin's Creed characters. Like, I think if you went and played, um, I don't know if you played, uh, uh, origins and you saw Bayek for the first time, you'd be like, that motherfucker looks like uh, an assassin. That guy looks like he would fuck up some shit. Or if you saw, um, uh, wherever the character's name is in, uh, in Valhalla, right. Um, there's been a lot of Assassin's Creed games. They have spanned uh, a lot of different generations uh, of time periods, um, with a variety of characters from all walks of life. Um, but to me, I think I might prefer uh, just from a character design, like a, like a, like a costume design. I think I prefer some of the classic Assassin's Creed, uh, looks, um, even like, even like the, the stuff that you saw in, um, in, uh, the pirate game, uh, black flag, um, that stuff look cool. Um, I'm just not as big of a design on like, Oh, this guy's just a Viking. Like Vikings look cool. I guess, um, you know, Greek ancient Greek warriors look cool, I guess, but they're not quite like the stealthy, sneaky uh, assassins that you've seen in in, in past games. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to switch to a different uh, destiny uh, character class if I want armor that looks more like what I uh, enjoy out of the Assassin's Creed characters and looks. I'm not going to do that because that's just silly. That being said, who knows? Maybe I'll buy some costumes or whatever uh down the road. Uh next week is a huge week for games. We're gonna talk about the game awards and and the awards that were given and the uh the releases and the announcements and all that stuff next week. Um that being said, if you're watching this live, come on back around uh 420, 430-ish. I'm gonna be going live and we're gonna talk over the game awards. So I'm gonna stream myself uh, watching the game awards. If you're, if you're looking forward to that, come on by the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash G N I T T W I T T. I believe the pre-show is at four 30 and then the main show starts at five. Um, so come on by if you want, you know, my instant reactions to the announcements and the awards. Again, I'm more here for the announcements than I am the awards, but so be it. So we're going to cover the game awards on this podcast next week, Uh high on life, Uh, from the makers of Rick and Morty, uh, that game is out on, uh, Monday. I'm going to play a bunch of that and have some thoughts for you for the podcast and the Witcher three next generation update is also out next week. So big week, I'm going to try to pull, uh, myself off of destiny 2 at least long enough to play some high on life and the Witcher three next gen update and have those for you and you know, game of the year is, 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 is upon us, especially with the game awards and stuff like that. And I do have my own plans to do a a game of the year um, show. Um, I don't have a date or anything just yet, but I'm looking to probably do it uh, end of December, uh, early January. And uh, I think the plan right now is to do a podcast, a special Game of the Year edition of the Glitch Report podcast, um, which will also be available in a video form if you'd like to if you'd like to watch it, and then do like a second, a secondary kind of wrap up video, a quick countdown list uh, of some of my favorite games of 2022. That is going to do it for Glitch Report. I have been Nitwit. Thank you so much for stopping by, saying hi, kicking it with us today. On the show, if you're watching this show live, uh come on back in just a few minutes. I'm gonna be firing up some destiny 2. The destiny 2 grind does not stop, and we're gonna be playing some of it today live on Twitch. If you missed it, head on over to my YouTube channel. Uh stream some Destiny 2 yesterday. That video is up now on YouTube. Come on by tomorrow. My destiny uh, video will be up Uh, my today. Today's destiny stream will be up on YouTube and then uh, tomorrow on Friday uh, live at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're going to stream some Forza Horizon 5 Forza Fridays back in effect. I've been nitwit. this has been Glitch Report. Take it easy.